This mandatory pause that's been imposed on us because of COVID-19 is very challenging, especially for those of us who travel frequently. But a fellow travel journalist, Terry Marshall of TrippingWithTerry.com, says that technology has offered us ways to feed our wanderlust at home. I've been very impressed with a lot of the destinations that are um, showing us what they have through virtual technology. Terry writes a lot about multi-generational travel, and in fact, she told me that the first post-corona trip she takes will be to treat her grandchildren to a theme park trip. So, as a multi-gen traveler, she had some great suggestions for families who are eager to travel post-COVID-19. It's good to have uh, some time to do your own interest, but also good to come back together for your evening meal and for your mornings and play games or whatever you like to do. Learn how to have unique travel experiences from home and gain some insights on family travel planning post-coronavirus on World Footprints with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. This COVID-19 has disrupted every aspect of our lives, from the ability to connect with others to our freedom to travel. For those of us who love to travel, the inability to go anywhere to meet new people is crushing. But Terry Marshall of the Tripping with Terry blog has found some great resources that can transport us to destinations around the world and capture unique views and experiences. Even in New York City, where Terry lives, she's witnessed something that she'll never experience again, an empty Times Square. What's it like being in a quiet New York? It's very strange. <laughs> it's uh, Every once in a while, I'll be out in the car, uh, maybe pick up my husband from work when he's late, you know, late night. And you just, there's no traffic on the West Side Highway, which is just unimaginable. You know, there's nobody in Times Square except police officers and I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to get used to the traffic again when it comes back, but right now I would welcome it. Now, Terry, with everyone being on lockdown and no one's able to go anywhere, how are you staying engaged with travel? I like to think about the future is it's one of the ways, but in the meantime, I've been very impressed with a lot of the destinations that are um, showing us what they have through virtual technology, which is what we have the most of right now, as you know. So just, you know, uh, Google Arts and Culture have done a wonderful job of putting together, you know, different uh, museum, virtual museum visits, virtual concerts, and uh, things like that for through different entities. That has made a difference for me. Um, I'm a big wildlife fan, and I went to um, Tanzania a couple years ago and just absolutely loved it. And so when I heard about uh, the one website called explore.org that you can just sign up for their newsletter and it's a free website. You can literally watch webcams in Africa. And I'm telling you, don't do it unless you have hours that you don't need to do anything. <laughs> because I really got so entranced by watching a family of elephants, you know, bathing. And, and there was a night over there at the time and feed, you know, drinking the water and bathing. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. So but you know what? That's a good escape. And that's what travel is anyway, in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Indeed. And uh, explore.com. Org. Org. Explore.org. Explore yeah, explore.org. And that's a 24-7? 24-7. 24-7. 
24-7. And it's not just uh, Africa. They have polar bears. I was watching a family, a mama with some baby cubs. And that was just intriguing as well. And then there's, I saw another night, I was watching monkeys in a tree that were sleeping. And it's just, it's just so reassuring to know that the wildlife is out there and, you know, things, there are some things that are still the same. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, many parts, I'm sure wildlife is coming back in, in, uh, in bigger force too these days. Yes, I think they're very happy. I had read something the other day, you may have read it, uh, in Yellowstone Park, the people who are essential workers here or there were saying that they have quadruple the number of bears that they're seeing right now because the crowds aren't there. So the animals have taken the park over again, which is really how it should be. So they're probably enjoying this little break from humanity. I'm sure they are. And, um, and so, you know, and hopefully when the world does open up for us again, we'll be a little bit more conscientious and responsible. um, I hope so. I do hope so. Now, I know you do a lot of um, multi-generational travel. You write about a lot of Mm multi-generational travel. And so for, say, a family um, who wants to engage in travel, do you have some tips for them? Well, um, yes, I do a lot of that. I plan at least once a year, I plan a trip for all four generations of my family because my parents are fortunately still with us. And so then I have uh, my brother and, and then my children and grandchildren. So there's four, four generations, which is a lot of fun, a little difficult to coordinate the schedules, but we do it at least once a year. But then I do a good bit of travel in the summertime, usually with the grandkids. And then sometimes it's just, you know, uh, my brother and I will take my mom and dad somewhere, which we had done in the past. And, um, you know, I think it depends on the family. We tend to do really well with finding a place where we can kind of call it home base, whether it's at a beach or on an island or something like that, or even a, you know, rent a house from Airbnb or something like that, that we have room together. And then we have time to do our own things during the day because there's, gosh, 13 of us now, I guess. I may be counting that wrong. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's good to have uh, some time to do your own interest but also good to come back together for your evening meal and for your mornings and play games or whatever you like to do. So I guess my one tip to people would be to figure out what works for your family. I know that traipsing around sightseeing would not work for all of us at the same time because we have different interests and also because of different attention spans. So Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a big thing to consider if you want to enjoy that time together and not have to worry about people being unhappy. So the beach works well. That's always good because people can read or they can play in the water. Or, you know, everyone has their own thing. Um, so that's one of my big tips always for multi-gen travel. And of course, right now we're having to put a hold on that because so many people are at risk. So but we'll get it back. We're speaking with fellow travel journalist Terry Marshall of trippingwithterry.com about families who are eager to travel post-COVID-19 and multi-generational travel. Now, speaking of of multi-generational travel, as we look to the future, how do you see the current times we find ourselves in impacting how you may choose to travel with your extended family in years to come? 
Well, it'll, I think for, for me, and this may be true for a lot of people, it will depend on what part of the family we're talking about. Because I think my, my parents are getting a little uncomfortable with travel after going through all of this. You know, their daddy's in his 80s, mama's not quite there. Uh, but they're, um, I think just knowing the health risk and things that can happen, they're probably going to be a little more comfortable with us coming to them which we had planned to do anyway in June, which I don't know if it's going to happen now, but they live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and there's a lot of things to do there. And they have a home big enough that we can all stay with them. And then everyone goes out and does what they like. Like I've mentioned before, during the day, the kids can go to a climbing gym or to the aquarium. You know, uh, my brother and his husband love to go antiquing. You know, Greg and I are usually going out for a hike or maybe with the grandkids. So, you know, it works. And I think for them, uh, going to the place that they're comfortable, if you have older relatives that feel comfortable, because I think this is really kind of shaking some people, especially with flights, you know, that would be very difficult. And also just being in the car that long, once you get older, gets a little bit difficult as well. Um, for me, with the generation of traveling with my grandchildren or my children, it's a little different because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty adventurous, <laughs> as, you, as you know, and I really want to introduce them to some of the places I've been that are my favorites. So what I will probably do um, is make a little more of a priority of that going forward, just because I feel like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I kind of feel like nothing is certain. You know, I've always just taken travel for granted, and now I can't. And so I think maybe that will inspire me to really get those things on the calendar every year and make sure we do some of those things that they really wanted to try. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are seeing how much more important being connected to family members is these days, because I think many of us have taken those connections and, and just our travel opportunities for granted, especially as travel journalists, you know, we've been blessed to go so many different places that we right. couldn't have gone on our own. Um, so um, thank you for, uh, for that reminder. So, you know, a lot of people may think, oh, you know, when they think about multi-generational travel, they may think, oh, I don't want to travel with, you know, my grandma or my mom or my, you know, especially teenagers. Right. Um, now I'm, I'm, a little bit beyond the teenage years. Um, but what do you see or what would you tell people the value of multi-generational travel is? Well, there's a reason I said before that I always pick a place where everyone can do their own thing during the day because that keeps us all happy, you know. But I think the value comes in being in a place where you can all come together, whether it be in the morning or in the morning and the evening, just to talk, you know, having that evening meal together and just having conversations, even if you only spend that part of the day with every person in the same room, it makes a difference because that's your time to reconnect. And with us, we don't live in the same, none of us live in the same cities. So it's very important for us to have that. But I think with anyone, just to have that time, sometimes our best laughs and the fun memories we have that my kids had with my grand with their grandparents when they were growing up and now my grandkids have it of their great grandparents are just playing games like face 10 a card game or some silly thing like that where you can you know laugh and make jokes and you know just be unplanned and hang out and mm-hmm. i think that's why it's important to stay in a place together as opposed to say hotel rooms unless they're adjoining where you have a common area 
that just seems to work for us. And that eliminates you having to do things during the day that half the group doesn't want to do, you know, together. So. <laughs> now, is there a favorite memory you have with the grandkids uh, around travel? Oh, there's so many. Um, mine are, um, fortunately, they're getting to the age where they're just, they're easy to travel with. They've always been good travelers, but they're 12, if I get this right, they keep changing on me, 12, 10, and 9. <laughs> so, but I say that last summer, I took um, all three of them to, uh, we were outside of Charleston at the Wild Dunes Resort, and we had a, um, like a little condo that we stayed in. And my daughter came because she brought my grandson up from Florida. I had the two older with me for a week or so before that. So we all joined together there. And one of the things we did was crab safari. So we went on on this boat with this dog named Moses. He, he was the owner's dog. And Moses has a knack for hearing dolphins because he's always been a boating dog. So he would start this running across the boat and usually jumping in the boys' laps every time he heard a dolphin. And then the dolphins would appear. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Hmm. But the kids were just you know, giggling and laughing and having so much fun. And then we were you know, on the beach and they were, you know, trying to figure out how to catch the crabs by throwing these, you know, fish with a pole in and all this kind of stuff, but just watching them try to figure it out and then, you know, have their mishaps and lose the crabs or lose the fish. And at one point, Benjamin was being chased by a bird and he was running down the beach screaming, Gigi, the bird, the bird. And I said, well, drop the fish. That's what the bird wants. You know, just, <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious, but it was like, they still talk about it. And, you know, after we were done, they cooked the crabs on the beach and, mm-hmm. you know, the kids were like, this is the best food ever. And, you know, it's those kind of memories that are going to be priceless. And, you know, I'll remind them of the message become real teenagers so that they will remember that I was once cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll always be cool, my dear. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll ask the kids in about three years. <laughs> we'll show them this, uh, this interview. Please do. Yes. <laughs> so when I ask you before we go, um, if you could sit next to anyone traveling anywhere on an airplane who would that be, past or present? Oh, my goodness. Let me think about this. Um, oh, that's hard. <laughs> I want a big group of people. Uh, I would say maybe Maya Angelou. Because I love her, just uh, her quotes, her writing, and just her general view of life and the world. And I think if we could have a good long train, a flight together, not train, a flight together, a long one, that would be a good chance to ask her how she maintained that positive approach over the years. I think she'd be a wonderful person to spend some time with in flight. We'll have a link to Terry's site, Tripping with Terry, on the show page at worldfootprints.com. This is the award-winning World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. World Footprints connects you to the world through powerful storytelling that uncovers the full narrative of our cultural and human experiences. Travel deeper by visiting our website, worldfootprints.com, and make sure you sign up for our newsletter and receive a special gift we have just for subscribers.
love Terry's pick of Maya Angelou. I'm not surprised by it, in fact. And I wish that we could have actually enjoyed more interviews with her because I was soaking up her information, her, her wisdom, when we talked to her that one time. As we try to do, we draw on those wise people during this time. We look back to people like Maya Angelou and reflect about her life and how she would have dealt with this time. We've heard people mention a lot about Winston Churchill and the resiliency and the confidence that he imparted to England during World War II. So this is not a time necessarily to be timid or be afraid, but really to reflect about how we have as humans and throughout history have overcome and have gone through these sorts of times and can see hope on the other side. Yeah, and I think part of that hope is really revisiting with family again. And so Terry's suggestions on multi-generational travel, I think, will be very helpful for others. And I was thinking about the times that we have experienced multi-generational travel. And it's really with my family at Cedar Point uh, every year. And I know we won't have that this year. And I regret the, the years that we have missed. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, many members uh, of, of my family from the, the little ones, the new ones, to the, um, the elders. It just makes you appreciate uh, the trips that we have had uh, recently with uh, your mom and her birthday and my mom and her birthday and them together with us in New Orleans and other family members as well. So um, we'll just hold on to those memories for now. And, you know, it's befitting, it's appropriate that we end the show with a quote from Maya Angelou. Life is not measured by the number of breaths you take, but by the moments that take your breath away. And that is what travel does. It allows you to experience moments that take your breath away. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we are honored that you chose to spend this time with us and allow us to guide you to the world through the stories we share on World Footprints. This World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick is a production of World Footprints LLC, Silver Spring, Maryland. The multi-award winning podcast is available on worldfootprints.com and on audio platforms worldwide including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Alexa, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Public Radio Exchange, and many more. Connect with the world with a deeper understanding through powerful stories. Visit worldfootprints.com to enjoy more podcasts and compelling articles from international travel writers. And be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and receive a free gift. World Footprints is a trademark of World Footprints LLC, which retains all rights to the World Footprints portfolio, including worldfootprints.com and this podcast. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast and website are those of the guests and authors and are not necessarily endorsed by World Footprints LLC.